This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios. Speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? You better visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That is 208-467-7468. Welcome to another episode of Letters from a Lonely Flyboy, where my brother Clint and I will share letters from our father, Air Force pilot Chuck Cathcart, to our mother Renee in the early 1960s. These letters were written while our father was stationed in Osan, South Korea for 12 months. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Letters from a Lonely Flyboy. I'm Kelly Dennis. And I'm Clinton Cathcart. Thank you for joining us as we continue on this journey described by our father through his letters home during a 12-month assignment with the Air Force in Osan, Korea. In this episode, we're going to go through three letters. Um, the first one is going to be read by my brother, Clint. Okay, so this letter was mailed on the 12th of August, 1961. He wrote it, uh, it's dated the 12th, um, which is, of course, the evening before. So it starts off, hi, honey, this will be just a quick note type. Finally got the mail thing figured out. As a rule, no mail goes out on Thursday or Sunday, and we don't get any on Friday or Monday. I say as a rule because there might be extra flights in and out of here uh, that they can put mail on. Weather also affects this, so you can never be quite sure. I now have a radio. One of the troops leaving tonight gave me what used to be a Philco uh, record player radio combination. It's pretty old, and the record player part is gone, but it gets uh, American Forces Network and uh, has a surprisingly good tone, and it's cheap. This guy was in the air base squadron at Manstam, um, RAF Air Base in England, uh, when the 20th group went over. It took us quite a while to figure out where and uh, how we'd known each other. Got a letter from you and the kings on the house. I signed the thing and will send the paper directly to Alexandria, Louisiana. Sure thought it would have sold by now. Gave it another try, I guess. Um, or give it another try, I guess. Sorry. Too bad uh, Dink has to cut his vacation short, but I'll be glad to get the pictures of Kelly. Would like some of you and Dink, too. You should get the travel pay deposit slip today or Monday. I should start flying Wednesday, and we'll get the other $230 sent as soon as possible. I guess that's about it for now. Sure do miss you and the titsies. Love you. See. Okay, so, uh, again, um, the... Dad's referral to Dink is my brother Clint, and that was his nickname growing up. Um, so I'm just—I know Dad's just really excited about the radio, 
He's, you know, he loves music and, and there's just not much for entertainment there. That's uh that's just a really cool thing that he was able to, to get that. And uh, do you know where, uh, where the house was that they were selling? Okay. So the house, the house was in Alexandria, Louisiana. When um, the family came back uh, sans you, because it was in 1955, um, <laughs> you were born in 59. Yeah. Uh, when the family came back from Germany, um, he was transferred to Alexandria, Louisiana, at England Air Force Base. They bought a house there. Um, and I, I don't know if it, they couldn't find anything to rent or what, what the thinking was. At any rate, as you see here, now six years later, they still have the house because they would wanted to sell, but figuring that they probably would not go back to Louisiana. Okay. Um, but the problem being is apparently the market was working against them. So they had rented the house, but continued to attempt to sell. Oh, okay. So, and, um, so and they were still living, we were living in Phoenix at the time and they were trying to sell the we house were, in Alexandria. We were living, you and I and mom were living in Phoenix um, because actually as it happened, um, and I don't know how interesting this is to the, to the listeners, but um, there was a powwow amongst the family. Uh -huh. You being uh, short, you didn't participate. <laughs> I didn't say much, no. No, you were only about a year old at the time um, plus. <laughs> maybe. Um, and, um, you know, where would we want to live? Because we can live virtually anywhere because he was going to be in Korea. Right. Okay. And so uh, I was born in Mesa, Arizona, but we were only there for two weeks. So I thought, well, gee, let's go to Arizona. I got no complaint from anyone. Um, so that's what the family decided to do. We, we moved down there. We had an apartment for that year. In Phoenix. Okay. All right. And Dad mentions mentions travel and flight pay again. Um, okay. How was that in comparison to what he normally made? Well, the travel pay when the military moves you, they just like um, private companies um, and many people who work companies who are moved around uh, will understand um, the 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 company the in this case the Air Force uh, attempts to defray those costs that are. Uh, rather than them becoming a burden on the person, uh, the employee, the person, um, the pilot who's being moved. So um, they pay for things like uh, airline tickets, mileage on cars, okay. motels, there's an allowance for food and so forth and so on. Um, you don't come out whole, but it yeah. doesn't cost you an awful lot to move. Also, when there's a move like this, movers come in a, a moving van and people who pack your belongings pack them all up you move to the new location they take the they pull the van up to your new dwelling Wait, that's nice <laughs> unpack yeah okay <laughs> the flight pay um he's waiting to get because he's he's waiting to get back on flight status uh because of an of his, an injury to his finger and an infection um but um, that was, as it states in the letter, $230 a month. I don't know what he would have been making at that time. I, I suppose a person could do, delve into it. Maybe I will to see. Oh, yeah. I know that, um, for instance, um, a second lieutenant started in um, about, let's see, so about eight years later, a second lieutenant started at about $370 a month. Oh. Now, um, a major um, would have probably been, and with his years of service, 
he probably would have been making closer to $1,000 a month. But again, when you look at the fact that it's $230 a month for flight pay, that's almost a quarter of his normal um, um, salary. Right. And at that time, um, that was a lot of money. You could buy a brand new Chevrolet from a dealership for $1,800. In 1961. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I'm going to go on and read another letter. This one is dated Monday, 14th, August. He says, hi, honey. We've been here a whole week. Not too impressive, but then I'm not too impressed either. Didn't write yesterday. I got called to work at 1.30 yesterday afternoon and didn't get back until almost midnight. Didn't mind too much except for when it started getting pretty late. Didn't really accomplish much either. Passes time, though. Weather is still running hot and humid. High today was 88, humidity 94%. Sticky, to say the least. No mail for a couple of days, but it'll come in rather like last time. Our secretary got out of the hospital this weekend and showed up this morning, almost 50, I'm sure, a complete alcoholic. If she wasn't loaded this morning, I'll eat my hat. The colonel who leads the plan shop is on emergency leave, so... Don't know whether this is normal or not, but she won't last long with me. I'll be the boss come weekend when Fisher leaves. Really leaving me in the hot seat. All kinds of projects. Me not being a planner, no boss, and very little help. Oh, well. I guess I I go to see the flight surgeon again on Wednesday. Should get cleared to fly with no problems. Finger healing really good now. If I can get away from the office... I'll get my time and see what the last month's flying pay gets gets off to you. If I can get away from the office, I'll get my time and see that the last month's fly pay gets sent off to you. Okay. I wasn't sure I read that right. Wish I knew for sure if you received the other check or rather the, the deposit slip. Okay. Guess that's about it, honey. Sure miss you. Pat the tootsies on the popo for me. I love you. See. So um, he's got a lot of late hours and work is difficult. Now he's the boss and uh, he's got a secretary who comes to work loaded. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, But we don't know who that secretary is, but we're we're guessing we might know what from later letters. Um. We, I, I met one of his secretaries um, years later in, uh, in Florida. She came to visit us, and her name was Mike. But I don't know if this is Mike or not, but we're guessing from her age and um, when this was, it might possibly have been. Right, except now consider one thing, and that is we won't know for a while until we get further down the letter chain. I believe he did finally get a job. Uh, switch. Oh, okay. Because I remember him working for a uh, person he liked very much, and there may have been a different secretary, and that may have been where he met Mike. I just don't know yet. I will be able to determine that. Okay. Um, now that we, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, because he really was fond of this person that came of, of Mike when when she came to see us. So uh, that yeah. makes sense that it was probably a different person then. <laughs> and they may have just come to an understanding too. It's hard to say. Okay. And he's still hoping to get clear for flight status, but it sounds like he's pretty enthusiastic about that. Pretty optimistic. So um, we'll go right on to another letter. Okay. 
So this one is dated Tuesday, May 15th. It would have been mailed on the 16th. Uh, oops, excuse me, May. It says May, but it should say March. Oh, it should. Because um, uh, <laughs> No, yeah. it should say August. <clears throat> or August, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know where May came from. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was really lost on that one. When I looked. But anyway, <laughs> the letter was mailed on the 16th of March uh, in 1961. Or August, yeah. Or August. <laughs> uh, God, yeah. Got the letter today that told me you got the first letter. May have been the one I wrote from Japan. I hope you have the deposit slip by now. Should be in the flying schedule tomorrow or Thursday. And we'll get eight hours as soon as possible so I can get the extra 230. The eight, hour, eight hours, I believe, is the, the, the requirement. In other words, he has to get eight hours a, a month to get the flight pay. I believe that's okay. the, the case. Sort of thought you might begin to miss the dink pretty soon. Wouldn't surprise me if he were pretty homesick, too. Uh, at this point, um, uh, we had come down from Montana. And at this point, we have a, a, a property up there and, and, and I had a cabin up there. Um, but my my mother's mother, my grandmother, met uh, and I stayed up there. And they went down to Phoenix. Uh, Kelly, um, mom and dad went down to Phoenix got settled into the apartment, and then my grandmother and I uh, wound our way down there such that I would get there in time for school. Okay. So this being still a little early in August, um, school not starting until September, um, it looks like we had not yet arrived. It's 7.30 p.m. here, just got through at the office. Don't mind too much as it helps pass the time. Um also got my hair cut today. It looks as it always did, but sure is comfortable, especially now with the humidity. This fan is really a worthwhile investment. I'll bet they have sold more fans here than anything else. <laughs> Ran into two classmates from command and staff in the last couple of days. One has been here about five months. The other guy got here yesterday. Woody knows both of them. Haven't written to him yet, but waiting to see if my job doesn't change. You can imagine what I'll hear from him if he finds out I'm working in the plan shop. <laughs> the radio this guy gave me is a nice uh, convenience. Lots of good music like there was in Germany. Still haven't got my ple uh, permanent place to live, which is a thing that still really gripes me. I've been really nice so far. It's been really nice. I've been really nice so far. Pardon me. <laughs> so I'll have to revert to being my old nasty self. Yeah. I miss my troops. Love you, see. And so a uh, side note on that, um, in 1950 uh, or 61, excuse me, television, for most of you who don't realize this, was still fairly a new phenomenon. I don't even know if we had color TV just yet. No. We, yeah, we didn't. Um, <clears throat> there would, would not have been um, um, television in Germany in for, the, for the armed forces in 1950. Uh, one or two, okay, when we went over there. So they listened to a radio and listened to Armed Forces Network. That's the way they got uh, music from home, okay, music that was popular in the United States. And that's what he's doing here in Korea. Um, he's listening. Again, he, I doubt that he had access to television. If he would have, it would have been Korean television. Um, but he um, he's listening to the radio and able to listen to the to the um AFN, Armed Forces Network, which played music that was popular at the time at home. 
All right. Um, so he looks like he is pretty, still pretty optimistic about getting to fly soon. And uh, yes. we, we don't have that letter that he wrote when he was in Japan, I guess. So we just have to just go on from no, there. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. And there's no change in his living situation. He's still in the BOQs. Uh, yes. Or basically. And um, so, and he's obviously not too thrilled about working in the plans office and really, really hoping for uh, a job change. He doesn't want to, doesn't, doesn't even want to let his friend Woody know that he's there. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure that stems partly from the fact that, of course, he was a pilot and that's what he wants to do is fly. He doesn't want to sit around and, no. and he, remember, he had just come, come from a plans type of job oh. uh, at, at, Tactical Air Force Command uh, headquarters in Langley. In Langley. Virginia. Okay. That's where I was born. Okay. All right. Well, that is going to wrap up um, our second episode. Um, if you are listening to us, I sure appreciate you hanging in there and uh, and sticking with us as we learn how to podcast and we uh, get a chance to share these letters from our father. Um, if you have any feedback for us, you can reach us at Lonely Flyboy on Instagram. That's at Lonely Flyboy. Um, and I would love to hear your any feedback that you have. And um, I appreciate, again, your attention and your listening and your interest. Um, I am Kelly Dennis. And I'm Clinton Cathcart. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. We would love your feedback. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can reach us on Instagram at Lonely Flyboy. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of Letters from a Lonely Flyboy.